Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. I'm so excited to have Sharma Dean Reed on the podcast today. She founded War Nails back in 2009 as a side project and now it's a huge global and very well-known brand and business. She wrote two War Nails books, delivered global pop-up nail salons for hundreds of brands, created a product line with Walgreen Boots Alliance, and Sharmadine was awarded an MBE for services to beauty. Now she's building a new way to book beauty online with her new company, Beauty Stack. In this episode, I chat to Sharmadine about productivity and distractions. She is so brilliant when it comes to advice around productivity and she has a brilliant Guardian column called Bossing It where she answers modern work questions and a lot of those talk about how to do more and work less, which is something I really care about as well. We talk about starting businesses, her collaboration with NatWest on a new campaign called NatWest Productivity Blueprint in which the bank is supporting their customers to grow the best businesses that they can. And one of the key focuses is to help small businesses improve their productivity. So we talk about this collaboration. We also talk about the Medium article that Sharmadine wrote a few years ago, which I reference in the opening section of the interview, which is called Growing Up Too Fast or Why I Closed Warnail's Top Shop. And it's an amazing article all about successes and failures and decision making and I've left a link in the description on Acast and iTunes and also on my website you can click through if you want to read it so I hope you enjoyed this episode I just absolutely loved chatting to Sharmadine as she is so wise and so clever and I learned a lot in this 40 minutes so I hope you do too thanks for listening if you like this podcast please rate or review on iTunes and see you next week So when I was with WAR, I did a lot of work thinking about increasing productivity in terms of like looking at spreadsheets as to how each of my nail artists, how much money they made, how how many hours it took to make them, who was actually making the most amount of money because there'd be girls who have been like, but I've been busy all day. And I'd be like, but you made five pound profit for the company versus girls who just squeezed that one extra person in and essentially were really, really profitable for the business. And I think with this NatWest Productivity Blueprint, it's about understanding what is going on in your business. What I've learnt as a founder is you don't have power without knowledge and I think understanding how productive you are, doing essentially a productivity survey across your business, however that might be, is so illuminating. So I'm so excited to finally be with Sharma Dean Reed because you've been on my list of guests for so, so long. So Um, I wanted to start off by saying that so I read something on Medium ages ago. I don't know if it's still up. It I is still up. Is it still up? That, that post gets so much love. Does it? It's so funny. It really, really changed my perspective on decision making when it came mm. to businesses and how something can look really shiny on paper, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best decision. But I feel like that can be applied to just life in general, not just businesses. Why not just write a completely new rule for how we just determine success <laughs> yeah um one of my life mantras is know thyself and it's about not not doing it just because everybody else is doing it as a pathway 
like mm. carve out a new path. I love that because I think it can be really distracting sometimes when you accidentally follow other people's definition of success and then you realise that actually you should have sat that one out maybe. Oh god it's so distracting. When I was a kid like I've always known that I would be like who I am now right like since I was literally 11 12 and I used to read all these amazing profiles of different successful people but I wasn't trying to emulate them exactly I'd be like okay this person studied at this college I'm going to research it and if it's right for me then I'll do it or this person like had a partnership with this type of personality maybe I need that type of personality to complement mine I'd basically create a pick and mix from successful bios as opposed to being like that person did this way so I need to copy it exact because unless you understand like I said what's right for you you just you can't copy someone else's path I don't know how to like hammer it home enough that you know when people used to say oh do you worry about people copying your ideas I'd be like yeah but no one is a carbon copy clone of my my me not my history not my references they didn't grow up in Wolverhampton they didn't smell you know the 7am snow when I had to trudge to school no one did the exact life I had so they're never going to execute it in the same way so I just think yeah definitely you need role models in life and definitely you should look up to other successful or aspirational businesses and people but it might not be right for you and just to understand what is right for you yeah I haven't done an interview in a long time and I have had a lot of thoughts swimming around my head what are the problems that are keeping women oppressed like for all of the amazing um you know leaps that have been made in terms of gender equality we know from the gender pay gap there is it is not equal so I'm like how what can we do to narrow this down a lot quicker than this whole I think it was 100 and however however many years they said that if it continues at the current rate it's going to take over a century before Mm. the pay gap is closed and I think that yeah if I sound culty it's because I've been thinking about these things a hell of a lot which is that I've heard people say I regret the day I got my A-level results and I'm like hold up you're a 35 year old woman and you're talking about a level results like that's mad you're you're upset you're still thinking about the failure of something like 20 15 years ago that's unfathomable to me i love my crews of friends but i'm very very um militant about who i spend time with i'm also very data driven about my life so I keep mood tracking apps like I write notes in spreadsheets about if I was with somebody and I suddenly felt depressed after the meeting I would write down why do I feel like this why has this person made me feel a feeling that I don't feel comfortable with is it my own jealousy or envy is it my own insecurities or are they completely sucking my energy Mm. or what is it because otherwise if you don't quantify these things how can you know yourself better to improve so I'm like if I repeatedly have been around someone who is critical or judgmental of me in a way that I don't feel comfortable with I've no qualms 
about cutting off the relationship completely. Mm. I mean, I've noticed that a lot of people at the moment are pretty much just unfollowing everything and starting again, because I think we've got to a point now where we've all been on social media for, what, 10 or more years. We've binged on it, and now we're sort of thinking, no, I want to curate this in a way that feels good, not just random followings who I followed 10 years ago. Yeah, you're completely right. And also, the algorithms aren't set up to make you feel happy. Like it's what I would call like stalker it's basically stalker slash Stockholm syndrome which is the person let's say you have we all have someone who has our perfect life right and we look at them on Instagram and then the annoying thing that Instagram does is show you more of that person so you're you're trapped in a stalker slash Stockholm syndrome of never escaping this anxiety you feel about the person that you're in awe of and it can be quite crippling and yeah it's it's hard well talking of productivity because I really wanted to talk to you about this your column in the Guardian is amazing I love it and I love the fact that every question the way you handle it I feel like you're talking to that person but you're then you're also talking to like the readers and it's broad enough for you to be like okay that that makes sense for me as well with productivity I feel like it's it's a bit of a buzzword in the sense of like people want to feel productive because otherwise they might feel guilty I feel like some days I'm just not productive and that's fine. But on the on the whole, I want to be productive. When you say that you want to be more productive, why do you want to be more productive? Well, I left my job because I wasn't productive. I don't like wasting my time. I, I want to do less and earn more. Like, that's what productivity means to me. That's what productivity means to me. So if you're doing less what I would call, like, light work, which is, like, you're earning uh, stuff and more deep work which is the time you take to read to connect with other people to you know experience nature and all of that stuff that to me is productive because it allows you to be efficient in your work so I would say that it's not negative productivity to not be chained to your desk all the time I think that's actually worse Mm. like the balance for me is that you shouldn't feel guilty about man hours or woman hours as we'll call them. <laughs> yeah. It's not about woman hours. It's about efficiency. It's a formula, right, of like output, which is high efficiency, mi- maximum earnings in minimum time. And therefore, if you've got minimum time being 20%, because let's always take this 80-20 Pareto principle, right? If you're spending 20% of your time working, but that 80% feeds that 20%, then to me, that's productive. I don't work weekends. Hardly ever. I read all weekend. Mm. I like go gym, swim, sauna. I lounge about. Sometimes I fall asleep in the middle of the day. Then I read. I read all the papers. Then I'll read whatever books. And Sunday, I'll go to the park, read some more. And then I'm ready to go back to work on a Monday and actually do the work. But me personally, I don't, I get like jitters if I'm at my desk for more than like three hours solid. I just have to go down to the Goldborn Road and like stroll around. Mm. And I literally do a lot of leisure time and swanning around. But when I come back, I feel I'm way more productive. Like one of my work hours would be the equivalent of someone's full day of work. Because when I actually get down to it, I'm really, really efficient. Um, I actually sat and helped a friend with the deck 
recently, his pitch deck. And when I drew it out, he was like, I can't believe you've just done that in 20 minutes because it would take me all day to do it. So many different people have different theories for how brains work, like uh, productivity for brains. And I'm always like, I know that mine, I have these peaks and troughs. And not only do I have them on a daily and hourly basis of peaks and troughs of like work, 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 but I have them on a monthly basis due to a natural female hormone cycle but I've realized through data of the last three years I actually have them on an annual basis as well so it's not like seasonal disorder you know it's not sad it's more like for some reason my April is always a very low mood month for me Mm. could because it's the month before my birthday the impending doom of another year aged but April's very very tough for me mentally so now I know for next year April needs to be a chill, chilled out month for me and I need to not do strenuous labour through April. So my whole approach to productivity is unless you've got correct data, you can't really say what what is productive for you. Yeah. So a simple task that any of your listeners could do is just track every hour of the day, how they're feeling, how much work they've done, are they in a high mood, a low mood? How much, like, if it's words, how much words have they written? Maybe they paint, make music, whatever it is. How much physical output have you done? Track it over a day, 12 hours. Then try it for a week and then try it for a month. You could also... Now I'm getting deep into the geek, yeah? You could also... <laughs> I love it. I'm the same. I don't I don't get up very early because I don't wear well in the morning. Well, there you go. And I just I embrace do. that. I love... If I wake up... I don't like waking up at 6... But when I wake up at six, I have way more energy throughout the day. If I wake up at eight, I'm tired all day. It's really Mm. weird. But I know that because I track it. You could also track your food. So you could be like, when I eat meat all week, am I more tired? I have low iron, so I track my meat intake. Do I, am I more tired or less tired if I take vitamins? If I have 20% social time, let's say I spent, go to a gallery. Am I like, you know, excited the next day? You could literally track your entire life. Mm. (laughs) And then then when you track it, you just know what's what. And I'm just like, I like to know everything about me. I love that because, you know, companies are tracking us anyway. So why not track yourself and be in control of your own life? Yeah, maximum, like, output. So talking about productivity and, I guess, bringing up money as well in in the definition, you are working with NatWest at the moment, which is really cool. And... I wanted to ask you about money. Do you think we talk about it enough in general? And also what made you want to work with them? So I wanted to work with NatWest because firstly, it's a brand that I have consumed since I was 11 years old. Like, were you? Did you have a student card I, with them? Well, I, I remember having my first bank book. Do you remember? You, you might be too. How old are you? 29. Oh, yeah. I'm 34, but... You used to have a little book where you'd write your savings in it. And did you feel so grown up? I loved that little (laughs) book. And do you know what was cool? The school, you could only spend the money when it was the Termly Book Club. So an outside company would come into the school and set up a bookshop in the assembly hall and you could spend your NatWest money in the book. Oh my God, how exciting. So I absolutely loved it because I loved reading. I'm an obsessive reader. Um... So, yeah, I've always been with NatWest from when I was 11 to when I was 16 and I had my student account. Like, 
all my big life milestones are tied in with my bank account <laughs> naturally because like and even how I'm laughing when I say it answers your second question which is do we talk about money or not en- enough or not the nervous laughter I say is because we're not used to talking about it mm-hmm. so like I moved to London and you know I'm the eldest child of a single parent I'm not sure my mum even knows what degree I did I took myself to London and lived off my student overdraft for the first month until my student loan kicked in and then yeah I always just you know when you're a student your relationship with money is so it's literally on a daily basis like because you're living so hand to mouth well I was anyway I know it's not typical for every student uh but yeah, it's just seemed very natural to me. Oh, and then, like I said, when I started my business, another milestone, I was naturally going to have a NatWest account because I'd built up this relationship for so long. Mm-hmm. And then all of the business tools they have were so useful. It just was a pleasant experience, which I know sounds corny, but I get approached by brands all the time and I, I literally... I could turn myself into an influencer it girl, but it's not for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm very, very careful about who I choose to work with because I also know that girls who look up to me and follow me take my like output very seriously. Are they helping businesses start up? So or? what they're doing now, so NatWest Business Hub right now is a whole area whereby you can go and get advice. You, there's tutorials online there's interviews online it's basically a a resource but then they also have these hubs all over the country where you can get free working space you can get your bank account set up which if anyone has set up a business bank account before like is a bit of a pain Mm. (laughs) um the campaign on productivity just suits me completely you know like i said you couldn't really have a better fit for me because this is what my life's based on yeah it's like I want to do as little work as possible for maximum return. Mm -hmm. And if we do that for the entire country, you know, who knows how our, what our economy could look like if we increase productivity. It's definitely a hot topic right now. Yeah, for sure. With the flexible working stuff as well. Yeah, there's so, you know, what's really, really exciting about being a founder, especially a second time founder now with Beauty Stack is I can literally write the rules how I want them this is my company my culture my like vision and the rules that were created in the workplace are based on a Victorian system to churn out factory workers a different kind of productivity that I'm not so into well it was built on obedience wasn't it yeah it was like you must follow these rules so that you all do the same amount of work totally and you're shackled to a machine so I'm just like why are we still doing things of a hundred years ago that's so nuts to me so you know whatever I can do to rewrite those rules is great like to set the tone for other business leaders to do so because I actually just like to post um by Audrey Gelman of The Wing, where she said, we've decided to give part-time workers full pensions. Oh, yeah, full... I just saw that yeah, on yeah. her Instagram. On yeah. her Instagram, because we have the opportunity to do this, so why not? It just takes lots of incremental changes to create a big shift. There is no massive social change that's happened overnight. It all comes mm. through, like, tiny, 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 tiny little changes. And Audrey's an investor in Beauty Stack as well. So, like, what I look up to her is, is how can you rethink what company building is? 
you know she has an amazing team of employees she's growing her business massively and I'm like okay same for me how can I rethink what company building is we had we're only six in the beauty stack team but we have offered like flexible working which we kind of just did without even talking about it really and then because I've had to do my first contracts for senior hires I was like okay I have to put it in a contract and then we also did four weeks paternity pay which is twice the national average I have this whole thing about we can't expect gender equality at work as women if we don't have gender equality in the home for men so until we welcome men in their domestic duties their child rearing skills their ability to rear a child from a very young age in the se- with the same reverence that we do for mothers it's not going to change is it because otherwise we're continuing to do two jobs always and mm-hmm. if we do two jobs one of which is unpaid we're not going to really close that pay gap as i said earlier so the idea of not encouraging an environment whereby I allow the men in my company to have roles in their home life I'd be doing my whole rhetoric a disservice because that's my that's the drum that I'm banging right yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like if he needs to leave at four o'clock because it takes my hour to get home because he wants to put his baby to bed then of course I'm going to do that I feel like trust goes so much beyond a rotor in a time plan and a Exactly, that's the key word, it's trust. And I think if anyone abuses that trust, then they shouldn't be at the company in the first place anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you've probably been asked this loads, but what's some of the key differences with starting Beauty Stack versus Wah Nails? So many and so few. The key differences between starting Wah and Beauty Stack is that one is people heavy and one is invisible technology that like you know is a little bit more intangible whereas well there's just so many things I don't even know where to start firstly when I was 24 and started WAR I didn't plan on starting a business I earned a very successful living as a stylist and a brand consultant I was traveling the world making a ton of money and literally living my best life I started WAR as a fun basically so I could get my nails done for free (laughs) and so that my mates would have a place to hang out at because there's nowhere for women to hang out at that doesn't um, involve consuming alcohol you know Mm. so I was just like how can I make an adult youth club for women where they come and get their nails done but really they're talking and connecting with each other and I'd made this fanzine while I was at uni called WAR and then I was like well I'm obviously going to call it WAR to connect all the readers of this little photocopied magazine I used to hang hand out at hip-hop clubs together and I didn't have a plan for it to be this big business but we essentially changed beauty culture in so many ways firstly we had a you know a pro-feminist attitude 14 years ago before it was cool and on a mug and on a t-shirt mm-hmm. and on a pencil case in paper chase or something <laughs> Like, you know, we were all about, like, women doing their own thing, but very small circle of people. Um, I did business talks in 2008. Like, the first one we did at the ICA, like, 30 girls turned up and I literally told them how how I got my job. We were doing all this stuff, like, really, really early. And I didn't... I don't think I was prepared for how to 
capitalize on it and I don't think I was that interested in it like I just really enjoyed meeting other girls who were like a bit weird like me and like into the same things I was into so I never really had a plan with beauty stack I'm older I've got all my learnings from WAR I can see the sea change and how I can basically create a business that I believe in from an ethical point of view as well as from a profitable point of view whereas with WAR I didn't I didn't see that tide turning in terms of feminism being something that was going to be mainstream because it was not mainstream when I started WAR when I was 24 just let me paint the picture I live in a part of Dalston that had no name that was then going to be called Haggerston because a station opened up like three years later I owned a salon which was next to a kebab shop and a chemist and there was not a single espresso or flat white for a half mile mile radius I know this there were crackheads outside my shop I never sat down and thought what is my business model how am I going to make money how am I going to turn an income of a hundred grand into a million into 10 million how am I going to um maximize all the distribution channels I've got how am I going to turn our incredible influence into money I, I never thought about these things strategically and then I literally thought about the future and like what the future of beauty was the future of work the future of female workers the future of um like how individuals are becoming micro influencers and micro entrepreneurs and I was like how can I take the knowledge that I've learned from WA and essentially facilitate the next generation of women earning their own money I also as I said I quantify everything made a list of all the things I like liked about WA so the things I hated about WA was um like opening the shutters of a shop (laughs) you know I hated doing interviews I felt like the press took up so much time I actually just like doing being in my office making stuff happen and putting it out there I was like but what I loved doing was I loved when a girl would come up to me and say I started my business because of you like that whoa mind-blowing yeah Mm. or they said I came into war and thought I could do this so I started a lipstick company you know what I mean like I realise that we have influenced an entire microeconomy of women who have started their businesses, whether they know it or not, because of what we created. As in, they might not know that the nails that they are painting are because we made it like a, a mainstream thing nine years ago. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was like, wow, I really love that feeling. And I really realise that I'm a person that likes being of service. So I was like, all right, so how can I take that the thing which is making women more economically independent and build a company around that. I've always loved technology. I went to a really weird techie school when I was 11. My whole senior school was like weird. We had swipe cards, to no registration, no detention or bells or anything. You had to swipe into a lesson. Wow. Um, everyone got given that a laptop. That was quite futuristic. Yeah, yeah, 1995. <laughs> everyone had a laptop and you had to do typing lessons and, and write your reports on it. And the, the smart kids would code games and stuff. So I was like, and also if you're into fashion, technology is inherently linked because you like newness and cycles and, you know. So I was like, I'm going to build a tech company because right now, 
if you're not building a business that has a digital element to it, you're in a dying industry, right? So like, I am gonna, I know beauty, I know girls, I know technology. I was just like, I'm gonna build a software company and I can do that. I actually moved back to my hometown for 18 months to process all of this in my brain before realizing, okay, cool, do you know what? Time to move back to London now. I felt stronger physically. I was like being so healthy in Wolverhampton. I felt stronger mentally. I was five minutes from all my aunties who just showered me with love and praise. I felt ready to return. So when I was 31, so yeah, 18 months or so, I moved back to London, opened the new salon and started working on Beauty Stack. And in some ways it's completely different. So the first hires were tech guys, you know, developers whole new personality type I had to mm. understand um, the process talking to investors I'd studied the whole funding investor stuff in for the past 18 months so I felt like I knew how to frame my business in a language they would understand even if they didn't understand the beauty landscape at the I time. I love the idea of you just going away and like cocooning yourself and being like I need to just process all this and then come back and launch it yeah I just I just think I, I just think we don't do enough self-reflection I feel like it's always the next thing next thing the next minute thing. you wake up you're like go 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 and I notice in my day when I've not stopped to have thinking time because mate I'm a massive daydreamer thinker and like when I haven't done that I forget to eat I haven't eaten since 12 o'clock today I think it's like 4.30, coming up to 5 o'clock, because I've been non-stop. But I've had my thinking time because I got on the tube and I read a bit of Virginia Woolf. That made, mm, you know... Reading just makes me feel so good. So good. Got my thinking time, driving, listening to podcasts, thinking, thinking, thinking. But if I don't have that periods of self-reflection, I lose my rag. And I think that when people tell me that they don't think about their feelings or they don't think about their bodies or they don't think I'm like that's so weird to me because you know how do you know what you want if Mm. you don't think about it you're just going through the motions so my cocoon time you know I talk about it with such fondness and I'll probably have it again when you know in another five seven years or something and with beauty stack where where is it kind of on the scale of because I think I went on it a few months ago is it invite only let's talk about productivity with beauty stack I did not want the launch and I say in air quotations to be held back by perfecting a product that hadn't even been tested yet I think massive difference about building war and building beauty stack is getting used to putting out imperfect product imagine when i build a salon i know exactly how long it's going to take i know exactly the opening date when it opens we're ready to go it's a finished polished product with technology you have to just take yourself down a notch or two and get used to putting out crappy product to test to learn to get better and better and that was massively depressing for me that's such good advice though i think people wait wait too long and wait way too long i've got if i look in my like mood diary the waves of lowness is because 
I'm doing nothing and then I put out this project and it's not so good and I just have to get used to like people saying it's buggy or it crashed or this or that because the point of technology is that it should be an endless feedback loop of testing and learning and asking what people think putting it back in testing that learning so the first I said to the team I want an app in the app store by June the 1st I don't care what it is I want an app in the app store June the 1st so then you break the work down into bite-sized chunks right and then as the project is progressing we do daily stand-ups um, I've posted about this on my Instagram you know it's one of my favorite things in tech where you stand in front of a board of all the work you've got to do and you say what is everybody doing today and everyone does a stand-up and says I'm doing this and this is blocking me and I need you to do that so I can get on with that so as the project progresses you're like you know what if we want the app in the app store June the 1st we have to strip out these features or we push the deadline mm -hmm. back now I've got a rule in our company we do not push deadlines back unless it's like red button d-day stuff June the 1st so what you do is strip features out so we were like what came into the app store June the 1st all you could do was edit your profile and upload a picture nothing else then a week later we release some more features a week later we release some more mm. and it's like grows and grows like a little baby and what you can what we're going to launch in a couple of weeks is the final part which is booking so right now you can go onto the app you can create your profile you can start uploading your treatment so i had my hair braided yesterday Love it. had my nails done so i could take a picture of my braids and said my braids cost 70 pounds they took two and a half hours this is the girl who did it if you want my braids you in the future you can click my picture book it and it attaches the picture to the booking with the girl who did it Amazing. so as opposed to screenshotting dming what's happening waiting for someone to reply on instagram you could just basically book the slot with the person who did it and they know what you want because the picture's attached to the booking Amazing. so i'm super excited about it because it reminds me of what in ways whereby i know that this product will create very very small behavioral changes that will change so much in the future like i said earlier i've always been a future thinking type of person but I just didn't have the tools to apply that to business and I think there's probably many many women out there who I mean we've all heard of business stories of amazing women who have thought of products that you know solve genuine problems and like things that are happening in the future but it's like are we are our brains rested enough to be able to think of the big level ideas no they're not because they're too busy thinking about childcare, home mm. what's what we're wearing are we putting makeup on the more i can remove the mundane stress out of my brain the more i can spend thinking of the future yeah so i'm like all about stress-free living mm. <laughs> you know yeah now that's so interesting when you talk about productivity it's basically know yourself really well like yourself and don't compare yourself all the time and also don't be bogged down with all the stuff that the world wants you to care about there are little admin things that don't matter yeah i actually think i know this sound, i always joke about it with my friend yeah but i'm like it's a new conspiracy theory it's like 
let's make women obsessed with their weight because if they're preoccupied with that they won't be thinking of taking over the world will they there have definitely been periods in my life when I'll have thought about my weight over a hundred times a day like literally over a hundred times if I like literally had a little pinch every time I thought oh my god I'm so fat or look at that girl she looks so great dude that brain power could be spent on so much amazing stuff I literally think it's a conspiracy theory I'm like some people sat in a room and went let's make them obsessed with their weight want to consume more handbags and shoes let's push loads of like you know like I said makeup and hair stuff and the time they're spent doing that they won't be thinking about how to get in the boardroom Mm -hmm. or how to create a new algorithm how to you know all of these different things and I'm just like mate the more I can be the more I can free myself from the shackles of mental oppression (laughs) the more I can like get on an even playing field because right now I'm way on a negative you know what I mean I'm like so below even a neutral playing field for so many people I have to work so much harder so it's up to me to keep my mind as clear as possible Mm. amazing thank you so so much thank you genuinely could talk to you for so long I haven't even scraped the surface with my questions so so you'll have to come back on yeah one day of course I will thank you so much